Down is a show where four Catholic men opine on current affairs of the world, on matters of faith, culture, and politics. It's unfiltered, it's daring, and it's certainly unapologetic. The Rundown is a weekly news show. But it's more than that. It's a family of like-minded Catholics who are preparing for the coming chastisement. You cover church news, politics, and current events around the world, linking them in a way no one else does, giving you the perspective no one else can. The Rundown is not meant for children because it informs and prepares parents, young adults, seminarians, even priests watch The Rundown to know about the most pressing and evolving threats to the Catholic faith today. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com edition of the rundown fab four are assembled assembled thank you so much for being with us we are on the trump crime family watch tonight waiting for the trump crime family to go to jail this is of course in stark contrast to the trump crime family the majority conveniently glazes over the trump's family's foreign dealings the trump family who of course were actually appointed to white house senior jobs from ivanka's chinese trademarks to jared's qatari real estate bailout and $2 billion in Saudi private equity money. So where's that investigation? They were actually in the White House. And I think Chris Christie, one of the Republicans running for president, said it best, of course, in the former governor. This is his quote, not mine. The grift from the family is breathtaking. It's breathtaking. Jared Kushner and Ivanka Kusher walk out of the White House and months later get $2 billion from the Saudis. Continue. You think it's because it's some kind of investigative genius or investing genius? 
or is it because he was sitting next to the President of the United States for four years and doing favors for the Saudis? Now, these are quotes from a man who's known Trump and the customers for years. These people are in the White House every day, formally making policy, unlike Hunter Biden. Uh, unlike Hunter Biden. Yeah, McCarthy on whether or not Trump goes to jail. My first reaction is that it continues to show the two-tier system in America. If you are the president's leading political opponent, the DOJ tries to literally put you in jail and give you prison time. If you are the president's son, you get a sweetheart deal. Now, this does nothing to our investigation. It actually should enhance our investigation because the DOJ should not be able to withhold any information now saying that because of pending investigation, they should be able to provide Chairman Comer with any information that he requires. Okay, uh, let's start the show, uh, Ryan. The President of the United States, the 45th President, uh, allegedly duly elected. We're supposed to just believe that. Um, uh, just like all the other elections, we're just uh, hit the I believe button for a second, everybody. The duly elected President of the United States of America, now headed to jail. It's unprecedented. He's been twice impeached, also unprecedented, running again for presidency. Uh, that's not quite unprecedented, but it is unusual to have broken time in between two terms. What are you seeing in all of this? I'm seeing, well, I bring a unique perspective as a, the resident anarchist, essentially, is that normally I would be jumping for joy to see any president go to jail. And, and I think it's <laughs> awesome, except for the fact of the president that's in power is far more corrupt and far worse than even the caricature of Trump. So I'm not as jazzed about it as I should be because it's like the wrong ones going to jail. So. Um, it looks very much like it's really hard to see whatever Trump is alleged to have done. It's out of office. A what he was alleged to have done in office was pretty petty and pretty, uh, you know, obnoxious um, compared to crimes. Maybe they could have gotten him on if they tried harder, much like with Clinton in the in Lewinsky bit. The um, you know, there's so much that he did that they didn't get him on. And instead, they focused on something that they knew could be turned into, oh, into he had uh, carnal relations outside of marriage with this this woman. And that's what they're getting, you know, family values, Republican. They could play that way. A uh, similar thing here, I think, with, you know, Trump's misdemeanors are barely even misdemeanors, really, versus uh, Biden, you know, literally paying a million dollars to Ukraine to get the pro as a bribe, to get the prosecutor fired. Hunter. For his stuff so right. yeah i mean you could go on about all that you know again and again but ultimately I, I think that it really hasn't been a republic it's just the silliest thing in the world that they're going after him for very minor things compared to what other officials have done it's totally fine but now what trump's doing is we got to keep him in jail for a year just to make sure that uh, he can't run that's basically what it's looking like yeah um can't disagree with any of that the cocaine in the white house tucker carlson was asked about it pretty funny response let me see if i have this video from uh tucker carlson he was just live and he was giving a speech and he was just kind of asked about the uh the trump coke don't have oh we don't have that video well alas it was pretty funny um maybe we'll find it eventually james I see things as like, okay, this they're they're anointing Trump to the point where actually, oh, we have Biden go. What'd you say? The coke in the White House. 
But the thing about that story, it's just a mystery to me. No one was more shocked than I was. Are you serious? In the Biden White House, somebody left an eight ball of cocaine in a public... I was like, I said to my wife, that just doesn't, it's just not in character, you know? I just don't believe it. It's clearly a setup. I went right back to Marion Barry and I was like, somebody set you up. I'm serious. It was, you know what I mean? It was like... <laughs> Can I? I'll stop with it. That was my favorite story of all time. <laughs> because it just explains all the behavior. It really does. I mean, I worked in the media business for my whole life, so I, I know what the behavior looks like. But it's like crazed and grandiose. I've got a plan. You're not going to believe it. It's unbelievable. It's going to totally work. What we're going to do is we're going to totally rearrange everything, okay? We've been doing things a certain way for a long time, okay? And it's worked, but I've got a better plan. And that's their entire approach. James, uh, Tucker Carlson's laughing in the face of so many politicians. You guys covered it last week and laughing in the face of, uh, of Mike Pence. Um, Marion Barry was the disgraced mayor of, uh, of Washington, D.C. He, he did coke in office and, and got reelected. Now we have cocaine in the White House. How do we tell young children, you don't don't do coke, you can't be anything. They're just going to look back and say, I could be president. Yeah, well, that's that's actually Am I back? You're back. Yeah. That's really interesting because for a number of years we've sort of seen the decline of the political class especially in Washington DC. We know uh where all the bodies are buried so to speak because we've sort of uh seen uh People are going to accuse me of things because I went straight to James when cocaine came up <laughs> and I asked him about it's, cocaine. The internet gremlins got him. <laughs> so in the case of, uh, of, of Hunter Biden, we sort of see the police now uh, protecting their own, in, their own interests, you know? So there's the political class and then there's the intelligentsia class and they're protecting their own interests against the interests of Americans. And uh, I mean, people are going to be stupefied that this has gone on for so long. But the reality is they're presenting our younger generations with a different idea of what it means to be successful, you know. And this is just it's not just in politics anyway. You know, it's there, there are people right now glorifying uh, the casual use of these hard substances, and even in movies with uh, working moms and, you know, whatever you, I mean, I guess working moms being portrayed or rather people be portraying working moms in movies are casually doing this. But we also hear stories of uh, hard drug use in the case of, uh, you know, parents, for instance, the number of cases of parents uh, caught in their cars, you know, using these substances. So, the, you know, the, the bottom line here is there's such a casual use of hard drugs right now and the media is helping 
the situation or making the situation worse by protecting uh, Hunter Biden and the uh, crime family, you know, out there in Washington, D.C. It's a, it's a big disgrace. And I don't I don't have any ears for them if they don't come out right now and stop this uh, a charade. No one can take him seriously. And it's even much worse the longer they keep quiet. But I guess we're all drug addicts now. I mean, I don't know. Um, I, 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 meet, I know a lot of people who do drugs now. You know what I mean? Like I have customers and they'll just casually say, oh, yeah, you know, I smoke dope every day. You know, it keeps me calm and stuff. I'm like, how is this so widespread? This is so uh, ubiquitous. And, um, you know, there, I, I don't know. The there war on drugs. Yeah, there, there was some shame in this many years ago, but today it's not really, you know, that big of a deal in a sense. If you get it, if you get in front of it, especially in politics, you can usually get away with it, uh, except if you're a, a disgraced uh, man in uh, a Georgia who's found in a hotel room with, you know, we're not going to mention the other things, but that didn't work out too well for him in that instance. But uh, in, in general, it's it's becoming now found under a knee. Right. There we go. You know, Ryan said it best. Um, but, yeah, it's becoming quickly accepted amongst, uh, you know, you know, back in the old days. Well, you know, when we had old, old red nose say that uh, he did not inhale. We laughed about it. But now it's just sort of common fair that people have uh, yeah. these feelings when they're uh, celebrated. Slick Willie. Uh, going back to the Trump and Father Martin, you are the closest physically to him right now of the four of us. You are in Trump country. This is what Trump. Tweet, Father Martin, and it said, I don't care how many times they indict him. I don't care how many times they put him in jail. He's my president, and I will support him until the bitter end. Is that the end game here? If we just indict him enough times and then stick him in the White House, is he even more Teflon than before? There's some people that certainly think that. They're just diehard fans, and Trump can do no wrong. Um, you know, of course, it's up in the air whether or not he actually did wrong or whether or not, uh, I mean, versus what he did versus cocaine in the White House. I mean, technically, one's a felony and who knows what whatever he did um, actually is or not. But, um, yeah, there, there certainly is a movement in, in the American people because Trump represents an idea, just kind of like the American flag represents an idea that uh, we're still asking ourselves, maybe scratching our heads and asking ourselves if it could actually be a reality. I mean, like as I said before, Trump had four years to actually uh, drain the swamp, and he did some good things. I mean, ISIS was knocked out pretty, supposedly pretty quickly, um, and supposedly knocked out. Who knows if they're you know like a a Sauron who's just coming back into power you know just a little bit later on? But he he was in the he was he had the highest office to be able to drain the swamp, and now the swamp is going after him. And so, in one sense, you just have to ask like. So what's he going to give us these next four years that he didn't give us the first four years? Um, that he had the power to give us the first four years to guarantee his second four years, but he didn't. Um, I'm, I'm obviously not on the Trump bandwagon in the sense that there's no political solution. There's no 
Messiah, a political Messiah, who's going to you know bring about the the reign of the United States in their liberalism and whatever else. Wait a else. second. Wait a second. I was told today from a reliable source that Trump may not be the Messiah, but he's at least the new most. We have to do a lot more, and we got to start with Donald Trump. What do you mean? Well, he's got to be in there because he's going to go after the traffickers. Do you think he would? Do you think he understands that? Uh, we, were, we were with him last night. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we so showed... he's going to be moved to do this, do something. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. He wasn't he's here gonna... last night. This is the new Moses. I mean, I'm still Jesus, but he's the new Moses. <laughs> Pharaoh, let my children go free. All right. I did not know that was an impressive screening at Bedminster, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Eduardo, Jim Caviezel, great to see you again. Yeah. Congratulations on all your success. I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> By the way, notice how the Fox News host, he's he's afraid to say Vadastagi. He can't figure out how to say it. Like, Eduardo and Jim Caviezel, first last name. But Eduardo, that really uh, annoying name, Vadastagi. Um, all right, Ryan, I had to land on you on this one. You, you I know did. what you're going to say. Donald J. Trump is the new Moses. He's going to let my children go free. Oh, good heavens. Um, yeah, Trump... And uh, this whole new Moses stuff, I, I don't even know where to begin. Um, it, it's GOP cringe. It really is. And I like Caviezel. I really liked him kind of Monte Cristo. Um, I recently saw Sound of Freedom, finally. Um, I thought he was very intense in his performance as far as what the script and the writing had him do. He was good. Um, and the message behind the movie, 100%, um, 100% behind it. But yeah, it, it seems to me like he, he really did buy into the QAnon stuff and he's still playing it, you know, at least whatever the, you know, the, the, the libs trying to link the movie to the Q stuff um, that, you know, at least he's spouting all those lines very much. So and still really believes Trump is going to I'm sure if he had dinner with Trump, Trump's going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to drain the swamp. I'm going to drain it like nobody ever did. I'm going to go after those traffickers. Those traffickers are going to get hit with a neutron bomb. They're not even going to know what's going to happen. Um, so you know, I'm sure that, that he got all that. And for Gaviezel, that's like, yeah, this is this is the moment we need Trump in office. He's going to do all this stuff. And I'm I'm just, you know, I'm just looking at it and like, you know, Sound of Freedom. Like I said, I finally saw it and and, and I'm not going to do a whole hour long. I'm actually going to do a review on it pretty soon on a different channel. And you'll be able to catch that. But um, as a movie, qua movie outside of everything else about it. It was kind of a mid-tier movie. Uh, it, its writing was, its its scenes were very powerful. Uh, its writing needed a lot more development. Its um, it, the, the character development needed a lot more development. There are a lot of characters that just simply are not well developed, and it moves really fast between this person, and this person. Connect. The only reason I was able to connect half of it is because I've already heard. Tim Ballard on a number of things talk about the actual story behind it. So I know what's going on from that level. But if I didn't know that, I would have been really confused about a good number of events through the first and second act, trying to work all that out. That being said, it's a powerful movie. And in those elements that do work in it, I, I thought th all those worked really well. And now we reconnect the outer. It, actually, I think it's pretty amazing how a movie that just in and of itself would be kind of a mid tier movie. Um, when you connect all the elements that are on the outside and of course the libs going after it the way they are, they have pushed this to being, you know, go, getting back up in the box office and doing numbers that no movie like this should do. 
And so that itself is impressive. And I think it shows what's behind it. So I'm really in favor of all that. It's just the, I don't know when I see Kvizel do things like that. It's like, it, it's super GOP cringe aids. It's not even just my own reticence to trust the plan. And as it were, in, 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 as far as government of any sort goes, it's more, I just can't get behind, you know, it's like, any politician, you know, nolite credere in principes, you know, in principibus, do not put your trust in princes. And that's essentially what Caviezel has been convinced is going to, you know, he needs to do. And, and unfortunately, and I don't think it's actually a good thing. Well, maybe maybe he meant that Trump would never see the promised land, James. That's probably what he was talking about <laughs> when he when he compared him to Moses. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what all that was was about, but um you know, I've been following the uh, many in interviews he's been giving. And of course, uh, he's spent time with the. It always can. I'll tell you this. My, my Wi-Fi signals is 100 percent. The the live the live uh, Wi-Fi. Uh, signal that I'm looking at in the video itself is not 100%. So I, I'm verified right now. It's not on my end. It's it's so, internet apartheid. Yeah, there's some sort of segregation here, and it's not it's not on my end. But in there, any case, um, well, I I I think it's interesting too that uh, the Rotten Tomatoes audience is giving this movie an 81%. Yeah, uh, and the you know that's something to to look to. Uh, but, uh, as far as the, the comments of, uh, Wiesel, I mean, outside of what was, I mean, that, that, that's the context, right? You don't need any other context of what he's uh, saying exactly, but I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not in one that, uh, runs for the fanfare around, uh, around Trump. Some people are still energized by his personality and, you know, uh, oh, it's, oh, there, it's what it is. The the energy around Donald J. Trump and one of his cheerleaders, MTG, the MVP. Uh, the press it's... was asking me if this is considered revenge. Oops, that was the wrong video, and I don't even know what that is. No, 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 no. Hold on. This is you. That's I, I, I had to see this. So you have to see this. Sexualizing having transgender surgeries, sexualizing children is what pedophiles do to children. MTG Magazine MVP. MTG Magazine MVP. MTG Magazine MVP. MTG Magazine MVP. Democrats get back. Boom. Reporters even get slapped. They're spreading all these rumors because Marjorie be spitting big facts. Deep state in the left always hating. When they gonna let Joe about that basement? Marjorie, I really love what you do. Keep calling Ronald's out. No one does it better than you, huh? A real businesswoman, AOC's a featherweight. A southern bell, a little hood. Watch her shake and bake. Divorce? That's all y'all got to bring up. Yeah, watch her drain the swamp, cause she know they corrupt. She's fighting for our children. She's fighting for our freedom. She's fighting for the Jan 6. She's fighting good versus evil. MTG, Maggas MVP. MTG, Maggas MVP. MTG, Maggas MVP. MTG, Boo. Oh my goodness. Um, I, 
I don't know. I don't know quite what this uh, this trend is in trying to uh, uh, reduce ev- everything that's important to a rap song. <laughs> um, this is not just happening in politics; it's happening on Catholic Twitter as well. As as far as I'll go with that comment, but <laughs> I, but it, it it confounds me, Father. I mean, it, it really is. Like, what what kind of culture is that? This uh, this is the same I think guy that did that Target song, uh, when when Target started putting all the LGBTQ stuff out for Pride Month and all that kind of stuff. There was a, a group him and like two others that did a, a literally a chart topping song against Target, like it hit number one on iTunes or whatever. But I think that's just what our uh, our culture is about. I mean, it's I guess music music has since the seventies has been a way of protesting. Um, you think about people get ready by Curtis Mayfield and whatever else. Uh, you had a lot of political songs in the seventies, and that was just a way of just the people protesting. Um, it's really lame. <laughs> in one sense, you know, peaceful profe- protest. You know, who knows how really far they can go and what good they can do. But um, I guess in one sense, it it educates the degenerate population. I mean, the high schoolers, the college students, about important subjects because unless it's you know coded in something that's degenerate then that which is important isn't going to be understood it's the same mentality as a Noah's Ordo you know unless we coat the mass in live teen music then people aren't going to get the importance well no that's not really the case um but I guess I mean for these guys they're entertainers as long as their songs chop the tarts on iTunes because they're uh I guess they're funny and they're weird. We have MTG singing like like a queen or whatever. <laughs> you know, she in some midst of doing this this stupid music video of all the important things that she has to do. Uh, these forty plus year old women trying to you know look relevant. <laughs> it's un- it's unbelievable. Um, MTG is the uh, is the magazine M- MVP, I guess. Um, and if you sort of try to say that ten times faster, Ryan, I mean, you know, it's, it gets your tongue tied. Um, we've done a little bit of politics enough. Uh, why don't we move to the Pfizer tornado? Okay, Ryan, I don't want to be the guy, but I'm going to be the guy. What are the odds that a flipping tornado goes right through a stockpile of vaccines owned by Pfizer, which are otherwise never going to be sold to anyone because we're done with that drama. This is an insurance claim. Who's controlling this tornado? Yeah, there's that. Because some people are looking at it like, oh, divine intervention. You know, God's showing he doesn't like, you know, all this stuff. And so he he obliterated this stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's true. God can, if he so wills. Uh, you know, make that, you know, natural disasters happen. And of course, I love when that happens to something manifestly bad and you got all the naysayers out there running around. Oh, no, no, no. That, that's just ridiculous. That's that's like, no, 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 no. that's not what's real. Um, so, yeah, God could do that if he so chose. But on the other hand, you do have to wonder because we the Air Force had a thing. And they took it down at a, and I think in 2007, they took it down. But it was on their website. Own the weather by 2012 or 2025. Something like that. Um, and weather control has been around for a long time. Uh, there is a video I saw years and years ago. It was on VHS, so it was legit. Um, and, and as much as it was, you know, a real camcorder video of guys, you guys got this. I was big say, I mean, thing. Double Trouble was on VHS as well. Well, yes. To be clear. But that's, that's another. I mean, 
yeah, it, it legitly depicted things we don't <laughs> want to ever mention. Um, but in this case, a guy had, you know, this kind of weird apparatus set up in the back of his pickup. He turned it on and he started driving. The clouds would kind of manifest in these various directions and, and go back. All right. And when he when he switched it the other way and and there's technology that has been working with that stuff. And it's not just, you know, oh, McKim trails. It's things that are so much more beyond even that predication of the theory that uh, you, you see going on that really control. They, they can actually manipulate the weather. I don't know if they can formally control. Absolutely. But I would not be surprised. Let's just put it that way. If they didn't actually have a tornado that could come through and roll through and, and wreck this stuff, knowing that insurance will cover it. And then, and then oh, look at that. Um, move on to the next uh, uh, gene therapy that we're going to market as a vaccine and you know, get insurance for that way. I, I don't know. You know, it's just, no. uh, you know, it, that, that could very well be the case. I have no idea. Uh, it could also be god saying you know giving us a little sign there uh, you know it could go either or it could have just merely been a natural disaster for all i know you are listening to the rundown right now and you're watching it live on our youtube channel we are also carried by our radio broadcasting partner the crusade channel you can find us at crusadechannel.com we are carried the entire show is on crusade max and it's all you can also watch it like on your television uh, if you were so inclined to do that. Sometimes, on occasion, the YouTube uh, uh, anarchy, uh, well, I, what would you call them, Ryan? They, they're, they're like the techno overlords. They take us down every now and then. And they censor us. But we're not censored. We're unchained on the Crusade Channel, crusadechannel.com. James, uh, <laughs> let's go to you. You don't have to talk about Pfizer because the good news is, is that in real life right now, the leaders of the public schools are telling us exactly why they cannot retreat, retreat from this war on reality. And um, and this is why your property tax dollars go to support this woman. I can hear Chief Seattle crying out to us, urging us to remember when you know who you are, when your mission is clear and you burn with the inner fire of an unbreakable will. No cold can touch your heart. No deluge can dampen your purpose. And yay, you are those stars in the darkness. Your light will not be dimmed. Your purpose will drive you in a righteous fight for freedom because you know who you are. And we will change this world for our students with that inner fire burning. We will never bend. 
you. We will never be broken because we are the NEA. And we will always, always do what we must to be worthy of our students. Thank you, NEA, for all you do every day for our babies and for our colleagues and for your states and for this country. Onward, NEA. Onward. Wow. Uh, and this is our daily public school is a mortal sin segment. Um, these women, uh, these beasts, these uh, possessed um, uh, lizard women are in charge of grooming your children at public school. Yeah, that, that that's a travesty. I mean. Travesty indeed. Wait for it. She's calling out to Chief Seattle. I wonder if anyone uh, bothered to tell her that uh, Chief Seattle was a devout Catholic. Um, but uh, that's neither here nor there, I suppose. But I, what's what most surprising about her performance there is uh, it's quite nutty. And a lot of people uh, would have... It was a, it was a pretty good performance. I will say it was. Yes. Yes. Yeah. My <laughs> great filler there. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the filler. Uh, but I mean, you saw the performance there, but it was quite nutty, but you couldn't have said anything like that looking at Betsy DeVos, but yet that's the same way they caricatured Betsy. That's an interesting point. Bringing up DeVos. Betsy DeVos, former uh, Secretary of Education under Trump. And she's the sister of a uh, uh, billionaire founder of, um, what is it, Blackwater? <laughs> Something of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the war on reality continues. I kick it over to Father Martin whose internet is equally unstable. We'll just see what happens when we go to you on this one. But the war on reality continues, and the cast of characters are just a collection of freaks and ghouls. What would you say to folks who think that they're being reasonable by saying, why can't children just wait till they're 18? Adolescence is hard and puberty is hard. What if you're going through the wrong puberty? What if you inside feel that you are female, but now you're going through a male puberty? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. That is perfect. <laughs> perfect. So I could have said it better myself. <laughs> How do you follow that up? Literally, <laughs> literally the, the guy says, the, the, the circumcised bar mitzvah Jew says that what if you're going through the wrong puberty? I mean, biologically, you're going through the correct puberty. That's how puberty happens. I mean, your, your body changes. I mean, what if, what if in the inside you feel like you're a woman? Well, maybe on the inside you're wrong. Um, 
we've gone through so many times uh, how this contradicts just mere rational thought, rational philosophy. And these people just aren't interested in hearing about philosophy. It's all about uh, controlling nature. It's all about um, being free to decide what reality is. It's a war on reality, but I mean, from our perspective, it's a war on reality. But for them, they don't even they don't even acknowledge that reality exists. So it's um, it's hard to describe. It's a, it's a it's a war, but two armies aren't necessarily even meeting on the same ground. We're trying to meet them at reality. They're in La La Land, and uh, it's unfortunately when you don't acknowledge that there's some sort of arbiter, some sort of referee, which is the truth. Um, the only way that truth can be decided, or at least two people can come to agreement, is by force, is by violence. And so that's why this this uh, this negation, this denial of reality, is so important, and why also it's important to recognize that those who acknowledge reality are 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 comfy are comfy. Uh, have this have, have this need to be comfortable, whether it be in their addictions or in their comforts or whatever else. Uh, that's one way they, they, those who deny reality needed to kill those who actually uh, acknowledge reality. If, if those who acknowledge reality were to fight for reality, of course they're done. So they needed to, uh, you know, put cement bricks, so to speak, uh, or t- tie those who acknowledge reality to cement bricks, which are their addictions, their passions, and everything else so that they would prefer to be cemented down than actually fight for reality. Ryan, this morning on Paratalk, which is a live talk radio show hosted every day at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time on the Crusade Channel, crusadechannel.com slash parrot. I talked about the fact that these women, and, and especially women, but men, these parents who go down this path with their children cannot retreat. There's no going back for them. There's no in 15 years going back to your child that you've mutilated and saying, Hey, you know, I was wrong about that. Sorry that I ruined your life. So these people will be radicalized forever. Um, this woman says it best. I don't know if I can, I, if I can say it any better than she move does on, on this. And um, because that's the people who've transitioned their own children. So those people are going to be like, you know, the Japanese soldiers who were on Pacific Islands and didn't know the war was over. Right. They've got to fight forever. This is why this is another reason why this is the worst, worst, worst social contagion that we'll ever have experienced. A lot of people have done the worst thing that you could do, which is to harm their children irrevocably because of it. Those people will have to believe that they did the right thing for the rest of their lives, for their own sanity and for their own self-respect. So they'll still be fighting. And each one of those people destroys entire organizations and entire friendship groups. Like I've lost count of the number of times that somebody has said to me of a specific organization that has got turned upside down on this. Oh, the deputy director has a trans child or, you know, oh, the journalist on that paper who does special investigations has a trans child or whatever. The entire organization gets paralyzed by that one person. And it may not even be widely known at the organization that they have a trans child, but it will come out like people will have sort of said it quietly and now you can't talk truth in front of that person and you know you can't because what you're saying is you as a parent have done a truly like a human rights abuse yes. level of awful thing to your child that cannot be fixed. There are specific individuals who are really actively against women's rights here and it's not known why they are, but I happen to know through the back channels that it's because they've trans their child. And so those people will do anything for the entire rest of their lives to destroy me and people like me because people like me are a standing reproach to them. 
I don't want to be, I'm not talking directly to them, I don't spend my time bitching about them, but the fact is that just simply by saying we will never accept NATO males in women's spaces, well, it's their son that we're talking about. And they've told their son that he can get himself sterilised and destroy his, his um, sexual function and women will accept him as a woman. And if we don't, there's no way back for them and their child. They've sold their child a bill of goods that they can't deliver on. And I'm the one who has to be bullied to try to force me to deliver on it. So, th so those people are going to be the people who will keep this bloody movement going, I'm sorry to say, because they've everything to lose. And it's a fight to the death as far as they're concerned. Uh, she makes a lot of sense. Ryan, given if, if, she's, if what she's saying is true, if it is a fight to the death for these people, these activists that have mutilated their own children or allowed mutilation within their own families, if there's a, a cognitive dissonance that is even too great for them to even live with so that they can't ever go back on doing that, then what is the solution for these people? If they can't be rehabilitated, if they can't be uh, 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 reasoned with, if they can't be convinced of their crimes, if they can't be brainwashed, um, what must we do with them? That's that's really hard, that, that particular question. I think is exactly right in, in terms of the human condition and how we view things and how when we we make mistakes we make errors and they're, when they're certainly grave enough and there's no going back you get pushed into this position i have to keep defending this thing because if i don't and it becomes a disconnect it's not even anything you're cognizantly aware of because there's a pain there because you know if i deal with this this way even if you're not sure that means i have to embrace that that i did something absolutely and utterly horrific and some people can deal with that and turn around from that and come around and say, you know, I was wrong and I need to make it right. A lot of people from being wrong on something on Twitter to publicly being wrong on some major thing as a news pundit or whatever. And you're just going to keep pushing in, in the envelope because you can't go back. I never look back, you know, and, and that is a, a very serious thing psychologically. So where do you go from there? I don't know that I have an answer to that because the answer is a little too horrific. It's just like, well, you have to exclude those people's voice, basically, or you have to completely discount it and say, well, these people are only talking because uh, X, Y, and Z happen. And so therefore, um, you know, they're, they're invested in a certain way. And I don't know if you put a crawler on the screen whenever they show up on media saying, hey, you know, my child's a trans child and I think this and just put, you know, this person mutilated his son as a little crawler, FYI, before he talks, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, I, I actually don't know what the answer is to that uh, because it's, it's so complicated. What do you do with someone in society that has become a, a, such a toxic member, but they're not, they already did their damage 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Now they're just out there advocating for more. Um, I don't know what the answer is. So yeah, 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 yeah. you want to get it. You want to show everyone that I have a dog and that I don't use you for target practice. I know. It humanizes <laughs> you. Uh, Ryan. Yeah, I suppose so. It makes you relatable to all the dog moms who are watching, the fur baby yeah, moms. Great. James, <laughs> I, I have my own opinions, I, and they're strong opinions. I, I released them today on the Crusade channel, and if people are interested in what I think we should do with those people, I, I think I was pretty clear about it. Um, you could comp them to just communists. I mean, 
communists generally, I mean, yes, some communists can be saved. I mean, uh, in terms of their minds, but most of them can't. Most of their minds are so broken and so deranged that um, there's no rehabilitating them. They have to be removed from society permanently. I, I personally advocate millstoning these people. Um, if, you, if you wreck your child's body, I think you should be millstoned. Just plain and simple. I don't know what you think. Uh, we, you know, there's a huge problem. And the, the, the problem of this. It's like, I believe fans, really, this is so, um, I can't believe that. I can't believe it either. I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> okay, Fabio, settle down there. Um, <laughs> in any case, um, it's a travesty, right? We're, we're dealing with uh, the problem of trans, but we cannot deal with these so-called trans problems without looking at the parents and asking what the heck is going on. Uh, we can't let these parents get off the hook. Uh, these kids are going to be put through throughout years, uh, through years and years of pain. And uh, this is not a pain that you can easily get rid of. You're going to have people losing their minds, you know, so, uh, this shooter, for instance, is just one uh, in, one example. This so-called shooter uh, who went into uh, some sort of political school and uh, decided to shoot uh, kids. This is one instance of that breakdown that's there. But it's not just, but it's not, it's just not it's not just feasible to continue down this this path without the utter destruction of uh, kids at a younger and younger age. You know, it's okay. We've been dealing with. The uh, Kyle and whatever the other gentleman's name was from Columbine, we can tell, well, you know, they're, they're teenagers broken in the system, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But now we're dealing with younger minds being tormented even earlier on. Uh, this certainly warrants uh, some quick measure to pull parents out of this, uh, you know, out of this uh, chasm, right? Uh, and the only quick measure, as you've alluded to, is one that should not be you know, ignored. It could be a very, a, a, a veritable fix, you know, that's needed to wake people up. And then it's not just the parents, you know, it's the doctors who are involved in this. They stuff. assist women in labor and the things that they are doing are uniquely feminine. So first off, as a doula, your job is to support the person giving birth. If all of the patients that you have are women, then it's totally fine for you to call them women. However, Every patient who has a baby is not a woman. As an OBGYN, I care for many patients who are trans men or non-binary people who have babies. The point of inclusive language is not to misgender someone who is a woman or is a mother. It's to appropriately include, especially in educations on large platforms like TikTok, anyone who might need the information. So how dare you during Pride Month come on this app which is very inclusive of LGBTQ plus communities and say that nobody who gives birth can be a man or a non-binary person. Just because you don't care for these people or you don't want to care for these people does not mean that they don't exist and you don't get to choose what they are called. They do. Do better. <laughs> what okay. You can tell uh, just by her eyes, by her face, Father Martin, that there's something demonic about this woman. Um, but, but, but she needs to be millstoned as well. It's not just the, we, we can't just, uh, limit the millstoning in millstonia, my, my mythical country of, of which I'm the fascist dictator just for about two weeks until we get things on track. And then we'll find like 
you know, some obscure the bourbon or Habsburg or something. But um, if it has to last for 20 years until we can like raise up a royal family, that's fine too. We, we can, we can, we can be flexible. Uh, but in Milstonia, Father Martin, um, that woman, um, that OBGYN, gets millstoned as well. And the counselor who from the public school who convinced the young child to seek a castration gets millstoned as well. And the family members, the aunts and uncles who were supportive of it, get millstoned. And the ones who stood by, the weak beta male father who didn't do a darn thing about it, well, he gets millstoned as well. See, there are millstones uh, for everyone. Um, I don't really discriminate. But when it comes to uh, mutilating children, the, we can millstone production can be, uh, you know, very, very inclusive. Muted. A very lucrative production or a profession, uh, mining, mining millstones uh, with the new, new, new up and coming business. No more. No longer will there be uh, as many African children mining um, chemicals for car batteries, uh, but rather crafting of millstones. But yeah, I mean, all these people are they're they're promoting an agenda that literally destroys people's lives. I mean, with with as you said, castration and everything else comes the fact that these children will will never be able to, um, I mean, w with dignity, live out their vocations. Um, they'll have to kind of ex accept the reality that, that their parents had an autonomy, they're eunuchs, and try some sort of way to, with all the chemical imbalances that will result from, from these surgeries, um, live a, a somewhat normal life. It's going to be very difficult for them, and, and definitely they'll... Uh, have to try to cope with this reality. And so already, I mean, if you thought children being raised in a society where divorce and remarriage was, was destroying their psychology, I mean, just wait till the next, this generation of kids continues to grow up. Um, things are gonna be a lot worse. I mean, these are the next leaders in our society, these people that have been mutilated. Yeah. And uh, some people have commented that many members of the church, including the Jesuits, do not uh, stand against this nonsense. We I, I, I know that we have to move on, Ryan. I know we don't want to talk about the war on reality for too long because you're just going to get schnockered if we keep showing you videos like this one. Hey, y'all. So today I'm going to make a video showing how I cut with gender dysphoria while in uniform. If you don't know, when you're an active duty soldier who is transitioning genders, you have to go by standards that align with your gender in cack and deers until that is changed. This means that because my gender is a male in cack and deers, I cannot present as a female in uniform. I have a few ways that I find help me cope with my gender dysphoria while on duty, and I'd like to share them. I'm going to be honest, they're not a lot, but they do help me. The first thing I do is wear clear nail polish. According to regulation, men are allowed to wear clear nail polish while on duty. When I'm in uniform, this makes me feel a bit more feminine because my hands feel pretty when my nails are painted. The second thing I do is wear feminine scents. There is no regulation for what scents you can and can't wear. Pretty self-explanatory this one. Smell feminine, feel feminine. I also like to put on a lip balm because, well, it's not a gloss or anything, unchapped lips are pretty. 
The last thing I like to do is put a smile on my face because there is nothing more beautiful than confidence. Look, I know it's not a lot, but that's because there's not a lot you can do to be in regulation and present as your identified gender while in uniform. But this is what gets me through the day. And if you're a trans soldier, I hope it helps you. Hey y'all, my name is Private Johnson. I'm a soldier of trans experience in the United States Army. Today is my first day of starting HRT. So without further ado, my friend got me these gumball machines to take my hormones with. And while I think they're a cute idea, they're really inconvenient, but it's still really cute, so I'm gonna use it for this video. This is spirolactone to block the male hormones. This is estradiol to deliver the female hormones. And there you have it, folks. 10 months waiting for this paperwork from the army, and I am finally starting my journey. If you are interested in seeing how my body changes in the next few months, if you are interested in seeing the life of an active duty trans soldier, please like this video and follow for more. Yeti is so confused that she came up just looking for affirmation because she's just not sure what she just heard. Well, you and Private Johnson are looking for affirmation, or Yeti. I, I mean... Private Johnson wants to get rid of his Johnston and private Johnson, private Johnson is going to do so. He's going to get rid of his Johnson on your tax dollars. You're going to foot the bill, sir. So I am. Cause I'm not so consistent of an anarchist that I, I, I actually pay my taxes because I don't want to be in the slammer for 20 years. Well, he uh, still gets his Johnston cut off on uh, money that other people are getting taxed for. So, um, yeah, good Lord. Um, there was a video that I can't we can't play. Um, it's of a character from a certain fantasy show just saying, oh, and the F-bomb, because that would be the most apropos to that. There is no response to that. There, there really isn't. Um, it, it's just that. The fact that the military is basically saying, hey, we're going to allow mental disorder and we're going to affirm it and we're going to give it everything that we've got to, to make it happen. And so we, we have these people that will not be able to handle the stress of combat if, God forbid, they're called to you know to get on the front lines for anything. And you're going to have, I mean, yeah, I, I could go on, but... There's only one thing to, to really say to all that. Sure. Austin, we've got to look for Dr. Evil. Wait. I've got an idea. Austin, why on earth did you hit that woman? Right, let me show you, baby. That ain't no woman. It's a man, man. press it twice so anyway yeah uh, it, there's i don't even know where to begin it, it's the mental disorder in society has gotten so i mean you think of what the the one lady you saw in the video or so ago about how people just have to keep going once they've done this well the higher-ups in the military that are promoting all this all the top brass and all the the, the obama biden appointees they're gonna they're in the exact same boat as parents that have done this but they're even worse because parents who've done you know in a certain extent they're bamboozled by this and they they weren't thinking and now they see the effects and now they react by we're going to keep we're going to push harder um the military and they had they were ideologically devoted to this before they even started with 
you know, enabling the transification of various soldiers and pushing for this, that sort of thing. So, you know, it, it, they're just going to keep going and they're not going to stop. That's the, the and I, I think part of it, if I didn't know better, I would say that there was actually a plan to bring these kind of mental disorders into the military, in, in the servicemen purposely and women and it's and uh, whatever to make a non-functional armed services. So the first time that U.S. forces completely melt down in whatever. Oh, look, we need help. We need to bring in NATO or the U.N. And next thing you know, you've got blue helmets, the big, you know, conservative bogeyman of the 90s. Well, what do you know? Now we're bringing in these blue helmets to help us out because our own forces can't handle it anymore. And they're also creating an environment where actual men or real men who are able-bodied fit and they want they, they still buy into the the myth of of america and everything like that and they they're just struck with the natural virtue of patriotism they want to serve their country they want to serve something bigger than themselves which is in and of itself virtuous even if the political elite they serve is not the at the same time they're going to be forced out they're not going to be allowed in there you're going to have uh, people like sergeant johnson with anna johnson you know, that's what you're going to end up with. And, and, and you know this better than anyone because you, you saw that beginning. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the only thing I can say about it right now while uh, my legal case is still pending is that if anybody dissents against uh, Private Johnson uh, cutting off his Private Johnson, um, then you are uh, a racist or a sexist or, a, uh, or an anti-LGBT or a homophobe or a transphobe. Or... You are a bully. You are a bully according to the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which will be levied against you. It won't be levied against uh, the Johnson-less Private Johnson. Um, or the not so private Johnson as he, uh, as he broadcasts his body changes online, just follow him or her or it. So, uh, there are cases now being brought before the courts of, uh, military service members who do refuse to shower and with this person or that person or someone like that. And the question is, you know, how do you adjudicate whose rights have been infringed? Um, well, when the United States military, when your United States military prioritizes uh, alleged readiness, ready for what, I'm not sure, um, above even the protection of innocent human life, then you can know which side of the uh, sword things are going to fall on. Why is the new DOD policy on abortion critical to military readiness? I'm really glad you asked that question. No, I mean, I really am. One in five members of the U.S. military are women, 20%. We're an all-volunteer force. Nobody's forcing you to sign up and go. People volunteer to go. You raise your right hand and you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for a few years or even for my life. And it might cost me my life to do it. And when you sign up and you make that contract, you have every right to expect that the organization, in this case the military, is going to take care of you, and they're going to take care of your families, and they're going to make sure that you can serve with dignity and respect, no matter who you are or who you love uh, or, uh, or how you worship or don't. And, um, and our policies, whether they're diversity, inclusion, and equity, or whether they're about transgender individuals who qualify physically and mentally to serve to be able to do it with dignity, or whether it's about 
female service members, one in five, or female family members being able to count on the kinds of health care and reproductive care specifically that they need to serve. Uh, that is a foundational, sacred obligation of military leaders across the river. Uh, I've seen it myself, and it matters because it says we're invested in you because you are being willing to invest in us. You're investing your life, your family's livelihood with us. We owe you that, that back in return. I had a chance a couple of weeks ago to meet with some military spouses here at the White House. Um, some were active duty members, some were spouses, all were women. And 201, they told me, uh, that abortion laws in this country that are now being passed are absolutely having an effect on their willingness to continue serving in uniform or to encourage or discourage, in this case, their spouses from continuing service. So if you don't think there's going to be a retention and a morale issue, think again, because it's already having that effect. I have uh, a son uh, in the Navy. I think you all know that. And son-in-law, too. They're both stationed down in Norfolk on destroyers. You know, and they're proud to keep serving their country in the Navy, but you know, the Navy told them where to go. They go, you go where you're told. That's the way orders work. You go where you're assigned. You don't get to choose. And so what happens if you get assigned to a state like Alabama, which has a pretty restrictive abortion law in place, and you're concerned about your reproductive care? What do you do? Do you say no and get out? Well, some people may decide to do that. And what does that mean? That means we lose talent, important talent. And we're, again, an all-volunteer force, Recruiting is tough enough as it is with a very strong economy out there. We want to keep the people that we get, and we want to, we want to make sure that they can continue to serve. So it, has, it can have an extremely, extremely significant impact on our recruiting and our retention. Not to mention, it's just the right darn thing to do for people that raise their hand and agree to serve in the, in the military. You know About what? the people who raise their hand. Hold on a second. Mike, I'm going to cut you off because I'm so incensed. You know why I'm incensed? Because nobody is asking this trucker out there why they kicked out hundreds of thousands of people from the military because they refused to take the vaccine. No one's asking that question. Instead, we're going to pretend that it's these people that are complaining about the anti-abortion laws in the South are the ones who are driving the rate at which, at which people are signing up for the military. Am I crazy? <laughs> well, actually, you're not. You're not. You're definitely not crazy. It's a. It's a. It's a double standard. Uh, what about the people who raised their hands, uh, wanted to serve their country, and then never anticipated that they'd be forced to, you know, participate in um, abortions? My favorite part of the video, though, actually, James, my favorite part of the video was when he said that the economy is so strong that that's why recruiting is down in the military because our economy <laughs> is so strong. So he's, he pairs a lie with the truth. Right. It is true that, that recruiting is down. They can't recruit a darn person to, to, to stay in this woke ass military. But the reason why is because the build back Biden economy is so strong. <laughs> which is, yeah. Which is why there's inflation everywhere because the economy is so strong. I mean, <laughs> when people can't actually uh, pay for their meals, for their daily meals, when they can't pay rent, uh, what do you think their last recourse is, Mike? It's to join the military. And so there has to be another reason why we've all seen an officer and a gentleman, I, I think, in other movies, movies of that su such, where your no good, nothing behavior leads you to join 
the military where you'll be straightened out and you'll be put down a path of responsibility, right? And so we're living in a culture right now where people are actively not seeking to join the military because of all the stupid stuff they have to deal with, the wokeism, you know, that faggotry we just watched right now with that young man, Johnson, you know, and uh, the uh, the crazy uh, uh, D, D, uh, you know, diversity inclusion and uh, whatever crap it's called that's being forced on people down people's throats. This is what they're dealing with. This is why they don't want to have anything to do with the military. Why is it so hard for him to just say it as it is? I tell you why it's so hard for him. I'll tell you why. Because he has the same level of IQ as the healing monk. We were in the middle of our tournament where my friend John said he found a body in the bushes over there. I ran over there because I'm a healing monk to try and help, but obviously my magic wasn't strong enough because the dude's body was missing a head. So my friend decided to try and use a necromancer spell, which didn't work, which I knew it wouldn't. And apparently we contaminated the crime scene because that spell uses a lot of glitter. Wow. <laughs> you tell me that's, tell me that's, tell me that's fake. That man, that man can work for the White House. He can be a White House deputy spokesperson. And he can explain to the American people, Father Martin, why uh, it is more important that we sacrifice human beings on the altar of Moloch for military readiness now. The latest reason why we must have abortions is for military readiness uh, because also the economy is so strong that, you know, people are not going to join the military if they can't kill their own kids. To be honest, I think the military might have been pushing this even uh, for a while only because, and I've heard stories from service members that they sent overseas, even just for like peacekeeping missions over in Kosovo or whatnot, where uh, women would be sent too. And as soon as uh, women get a little scared or want to go home they intentionally get pregnant and then they get shipped home um so i'm sure the military has, has thought of this uh previously as some sort of solution as to not call it cause its own just school issues um but it, i think it's also pretty interesting i mean we saw a private going from a man trying to be a woman um that has consequences on whether or not he's capable of being on the front line but never do you have the opposite women you know, going from not necessarily being on the front line, transitioning to uh, trying to be men, fake men, and then being put on the front lines either. Um, I, I bet the ratio is, is definitely off there. So the, the military really is making a lot of decisions that, uh, man, are just not going to make sense in the future and, and are going to uh, really affect the way our, our, our military fights. What do you think right now is the disposition of those who are perceived as enemies of the United States? What is their disposition when they look at these videos surfacing of how, quote unquote, woke the American military is and whether or not it is time, right, or whether or not it is time to invade? What, what, what do you think they're getting out of all these videos? I think, I think the only thing we can conclude is that Vladimir Putin is shaking in his boots at night. He's trembling in fear. Sure, right, uh, right. You know, he 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 knows that he that we are the most formidable world power, and that we have these alleged weapons that supposedly create you know these nuclear explosions that, in the end, kind of look like firebombs. But um, he he he, he, or do you he mean is glitter bombs or glitter bombs. <laughs> He's probably you know I would personally be more afraid of a glitter bomb. Than, <laughs> 
<laughs> here, here, here. I have kids. Glitter is a nuclear weapon. Glitter is a web. It is a weapon of mass destruction. It is a. It is a red line. And if it is used, then lethal force is proportionate and justified. Um, all I can say is that the world is, is is looking at the United States and they are admiring how we are in cahoots with Klaus Schwab in, in, in attempting to absolutely wreck. To our class. discussion, which uh, we had um, at dinner two, two days ago, um, the fourth industrial revolution has one big challenge. It is the holding out of the middle class. Middle class stands in the way, Ryan, of the fourth industrial revolution. If we could just get rid of that pesky middle class. Now, the poor people, we can bribe them. And the elites are already part of the game. It's those darn normal middle class people that are in the way. It's those people that don't need us. And they don't need government handouts. And they don't need the you know, whatever else they're selling that can subsist on their own and uh, create parallel economies and branch out and put their capital into other things. And wow, that yeah, th those are the people we have to get rid of to be truly sustainable because sustainable really means dependent on the government. That's really what it comes down to. And that's why the middle class is the biggest, someone like myself that can... Yeah, I mean, I get network and I get most of my meat and my food naturally for the most part, uh, whether I raise it or I barter for it or I trade for it or I buy it outright. You know, someone's raising a, a steer and I pay them outright for a steer. I can do that. Um, I work really hard and I save my money and I budget and I, and I put things away and therefore I can do that. Um, and, and so can anybody else that, that's in the position. And I mean... There's some things that come down certain certain benefits we have from where we're born and how we're born and um, what family we're born into. Granted, yeah, there are certain benefits that come from that, but not all of it. People who are really industrious come from the bottom and make it to the middle class or the top. Um, they don't want you to be able to do that anymore, right? They want the guys who are currently there are the guys who are going to be there. And That's if right. you're on the bottom, you're always on the bottom. You're the perpetual slave class. And they get to decide, you know, and unfortunately where it's going, where they want it to go is uh, they can decide whether or not you will even be born in the future. It's going to, they want to take it all out dystopian. There's a reason I watch dystopian sci-fi because half of it um, where it's not uh, entirely just merely predictive, uh, you know, programming, it's, uh, you know, what's the, what's the way to put that? If it's not entirely predictive, it, it's um, prophetic. That is where it is going, you know, where you know, basically they will decide if you're even born because all women will be on birth control until they take you off. All, uh, you know, things, you know, it's just going to be this, you know, we are here, we're the elites, we're in charge, and you are down there and you're doing what we tell you to do and you're going to live in the pod and eat the bugs. That's what they want to get to. And that's where they will get to with the way the course of the world is basically, unless God intervenes, you can vote. I'm sorry, Jim Caviezel. I don't know what you're drinking, but uh, get off. It's Kool-Aid. Oh, it's just Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm drinking something a lot, uh, probably not as strong as what he's drinking, but damn, um, no, Trump is not going to avert that 
course of action. I'm sorry. But but I don't I just don't think you understand, Ryan. Real wages are through the roof and the economy is strong. That the president had a, a tweet out last night saying that real wages for the average American worker have are higher than they were before the, the pandemic. That tweet has now been annotated with um, a, a message from the platform saying that that is not factual and that they have some 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 stats and some uh, charts uh, footnoted along with that. Uh, do you welcome that um, kind of contestation from tech platforms? We disagree. Any... Well, we disagree because of we're looking at the data from uh, from February of 2021, and what we've seen is that wages have have gotten stronger, have increased. Is she talking about governmental wages? Because that's true. Governmental wages have gone have gone up. Maybe she's looking at Loudoun County. Yeah, I think she, I think she's she's uh, she needs to in, increase the scope. Uh, just a little bit. And just one more on that. The president had a, a tweet out last night saying that real wages for the average American worker have. Video, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Got it. Got it. Um, they, they are, they are turning their crossfires uh, against us. We are in their crosshairs. Um, the banksters don't want us to move up in the world, as Ryan said, and the ESG movement, the equity uh, uh, what, what is it? Social good green something. I don't know what the what, gay. The fake you've been all over BlackRock, Larry Fink, uh, using their collective power of their clients money to influence corporations. What do you think's going on with them in the white house? Is it this ESG environmental stuff? Well, look, this is crony capitalism in modern clothing where what's happening is that government is using private actors, I believe including actors like BlackRock, to do through the back door what government cannot get done through the front door under the Constitution. And then they label it the ESG movement. They label it stakeholder capitalism. Can't pass the Green New Deal through Congress? No problem. Let's get the climate pledge signed by companies instead. Dan, this is the this is the game of the 21st century where government has deputized not just the administrative state. That was the 1980s problem. But now the private sector itself to do the work of big government from 40 years ago. That's what we see on the state on the stage. Uh, it's coming yeah. soon to uh, yeah, I mean, it's coming soon to a bank branch near you, James. I mean, where if you if you have an uh, an unacceptable opinion, then you don't get to participate. Right. I mean, we've been talking about this for um, for a while now, and it's taking it's taking this long for uh, the uh, popular opinions to 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 basically come to show this. Uh, the ESG stuff is it's another ruse, right? It's getting us closer to where our overlords want us to be. And Disney does not care how much money it loses. Uh, all these big uh, uh, crony so don't spoke, uh, sorry, all these big crony, quote unquote, capitalist uh, companies don't care about how much money they're bringing in at the end of the year. They're banking on losing money and then being bankrolled by investors as long as they're promoting this message and it becomes a, main, becomes a mainstay in America, in America's new identity. You know, so this is an identity that they're looking to secure each American to, to tether each uh, American too. And this is our new identity going forward, whether we like it or not, but we can always look to, to what they're trying to sell to us very early on. It's not us being prophetic. It's just reading what they're putting out there. 
it's not usually something that's picked up initially, but eventually, you know, it's picked up. And now we see this is where, uh, you know, the opinions are trending. They're showing us, well, this is what's happening. Like uh, Vivek uh, uh, Ramaswamy, they, they're just trying to, to tell us about. Um, it's what's coming. And unfortunately, how are we going to deal with it by simply not buying in? We're so comfortable with where we are today with the way, uh, you know, the digital currency is everything we're getting uh, from these tech lords comes at, at a cost. And are we willing to put up with that cost so that we can get this easier lifestyle? But what does this easier lifestyle bring to us in the end? Brings us nothing but collectivism. And, and censorship of black people on Catholic YouTube. So I put in what's called a subject access request to Coots, the bank, who decided they wanted to close me out. I wanted to find out why. What was the reasoning behind them closing the account? Now, as you know, they had briefed the BBC that it was to do with lack of funds and nothing else. Well, here's the document. It is an incredible 40 pages. It, it reads rather like a brief that you'd give to a barrister ahead of a serious criminal trial. I mean, from the tone of this document, I must be one of the worst human beings ever to have inhabited this planet. But I guess if you were, you know, upper middle class, wealthy, London, metropolitan elite, uh, then that's perhaps how you would view me. Although quite what this has to do with banking and commerce, I don't really know. Let me give you just a few pointers as to what's in this document. Word searches are really interesting. Brexit is mentioned 30 times. Well, I think it's quite very easy to understand that. I don't think the globalist establishment, I don't think the corporates ever forgave anybody directly involved in the Brexit movement. They didn't accept the result of the referendum, and I guess they never, ever will. Russia is mentioned 22 times with links to a whole series of articles that appeared in The Guardian and elsewhere, attempting to link myself and Aaron Banks to Russia and indeed to Russian funding. All of that has been disproved with Aaron Banks winning his court case, his libel action against Carol Cadwalla, the journalist involved, who wrote these things. But that's fine. All these people do is take every negative press article about me they possibly can and collate it in this document. Twice in this document, Sir Chris Bryant is mentioned. I hinted a couple of weeks ago, I thought this could be behind it. And sure enough, twice the accusation made under parliamentary privilege that I'd received over half a million quid in one year from the Kremlin is mentioned in this document and constitutes quite a big part of their conclusions. Donald Trump, well, of course, he gets. Trump is, uh, you're not allowed to talk about Trump. You're not allowed to talk about Russia. You're not allowed to be uh, a, a right-thinking person, Father Martin, or else you will be excluded from the economy. You will not have the mark of the beast, which will allow you to buy and sell. You will not be able to buy and sell in the new world order. When we're talking about digital currencies, chipping of human beings, Elon wants to brain chip you. And the banksters are taking advantage of, quote-unquote, PEP 
politically exposed people such as Nigel Farage. Apocalyptic, no? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it gives, uh, it gives the idea of prepping a whole lot more urgency, definitely. But that's something that we do on an individual basis, something that's, uh, you know, you can only prep for a few months. But at a certain point, this requires the counter-revolution. At a certain point, this, this uh, requires a counter-revolution, whether it be from within the institutions, as they've often overcome our institutions, um, playing the long game, or something more quick and radical. But nevertheless, um, it requires some sort of action, some sort of pushback. And conservatives are very content in, uh, well, manual labor, which in one sense uh, is helpful for the, uh, the immediate, is helpful for the immediate prepping, but doesn't necessarily do anything for the institutional pushback, the, the conquering of these institutions or, or playing the long game to, um, to, really, to, to really attack and to overcome, to demolish these sort of ideologies. There's nothing that's really countering their ideology at the moment. There's something that doesn't really, that isn't really working to replace any of this. So that's kind of where our danger is, is conservatives are always um, reactive rather than proactive. And I think history is going to re repeat itself in that sense, is that we were here living in these times and we we're very uh, reactive rather than proactive. Father, take a crack at Katie's question from the chat. She says, do they know that they're fulfilling biblical prophecy? Is it ignorant or is it intentional? <laughs> I think it's rather rather ignorant in the sense that uh, I'm not really very sure how many of them have actually read read sacred scripture. Uh, but nevertheless, I don't think they consider it to be true, even if they did. Um, it's nothing more of a of a of a story for them. And of course, even on our end, even those who have read scripture, a lot of them say, "Oh, this can't actually happen in our time." So these aren't necessarily the end times. Or, of course, the opposite is true, is every time is the end time. Um, mm. So, I mean, our Lord always holds, uh, and tells us, don't worry, no, you know, the Son of Man doesn't even know when the world's going to end, but you be ready now, because if, if the end of the world doesn't come, then your end of the world is coming, meaning your own death, so be prepared for your judgment. So, whether or not these, these prophecies that are being fulfilled, all that kind of stuff, um, and also that, that's secondary only to um, remaining in the state of grace and being prepared for our own death, which could come tomorrow, which could come tonight even. You know, as you lay in your bed, your bed could end, end up being in your coffin. So, um, I mean, I, I don't think they're so concerned about, I mean, with, with biblical pro prophecies as uh, as people might think they are. So I think it's definitely out of ignorance, more so than intentionality. Ryan, we're seeing in the chat somebody who, who uh, is understanding one piece of the puzzle here. It says, you'd be surprised how one can exist without a bank account. Okay, fine, fair, true enough. Until they impose central bank digital currencies on us, CBDCs. And that's the that's the pincer movement, right? The pincer movement is you have to have a good social credit score in order to transact and have a bank account. Oh, by the way, we only take digital currencies, so you have to have a bank account in order to transact, period, end of story. When those two things come together, that's it. That's the end of human freedom. 
Right. There, there's, I mean, a couple of different ways. So there's things that, I mean, you can, if you've got good quantities of gold and silver, if you've got, got is of this or that other thing, you can keep, you know, you can pay for this and pay for that, pay for food with people who will produce it off grid and whatever. But what happens when it's like the very property you're, you're sitting on? Well, we only take, you know, you, you can only pay your mortgage now in CBDC. Oh, but you're not allowed to have a bank account and receive any CBDC because you've been debanked. So therefore, or again, you, you own your property free and clear so they can't do anything to you right well you have to pay your taxes in cbdc well this is a catch-22 you're not letting me have any cbdc because you've debanked me yes we've debanked you and so you can't pay us in cbdc but you must pay us in cbdc or else we'll take your property um wait a minute and, and then you'll go through all the legal recourse you can possibly go through <laughs> it'll all be rigged and when you get to the end of it you'll lose your house you'll lose whatever you've got and and that that's where the end game is on CBDC. Ultimately, is they have absolute one hundred percent control on everything you do, on everything you spend, on everything that that's within that that network. And any money from outside that network, all they have to do is say, "Well, we don't accept that. We will only accept this." And that's the problem. My my whole problem with property taxes, as such, I think there should be no property taxes because property taxes are, in essence, the government saying you rent your property from us. They don't have any rights to this property. They didn't create it, whether it's this one that I'm sitting on or your property or anyone else's property. They have zero rights to that property whatsoever. They, they can't, you know, and, and the whole notion that government can tax your property for what? So that they can, uh, you know, virtue signal and say, hey, we paid for so many trans surgeries this month. I'm sorry. No, there, there's no fundamental right for government to tax your property, period. Um and so, so when you get to that, when you get to that type of thing, you know, that, that's where they, they got the pincer moved in it. Okay, you can only pay us in this. And if you don't have that, that was one thing when it was U.S. dollars. That's a completely different thing when it's uh, something else. And so, you know, here we are. You can subsist only so far, and then they will stop you. Yep. Uh, by the way, you can only wear your cross so far if you're, say, an abbot uh, when you're in Jerusalem. Uh, I think we've been talking about the Jews this whole time with this pincer movement of the banksters coming after you. It's really big and it's inappropriate for this place, okay? if you go to jerusalem you may be asked father to remove your cross because it's provocative to our greatest ally Yeah, it's not going to happen for me. Well, for one, um, I'm not an abbot, so I don't wear a cross. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, there are places, even the, the Muslims, it's not just the Jews, even the Muslims take, tell you to take off your shoes if you want to go walk over this ground or whatever. Um, yeah, not, not going to happen. 
Um, it's just not. And I mean, there's been several videos too of, uh, there was a journalist recently who wore a Franciscan habit. I mean, he, I think he might've been Jew. He might've been, he definitely wasn't Catholic, but he wore a Franciscan habit and walked down the street just to see how he would be treated. And a bunch of Jews just spit on him uh, and whatnot. So definitely in the West, there's a, there's a huge naivete of um, what the situation, situation really is, what Jews really think of us. I mean, both Jews and Muslims here in the United States, when they're, you know, on our, our ground, so to speak, they uh, are very respectful and whatnot. But when in the places where they're the majority, what is, uh, what is the situation? I mean, when, yeah. But these are our greatest allies. Why? Why would they? Why would they have a problem with us exercising our faith? I thought, I thought that the Jews, you know, the, I thought the Jews were perfectly comfortable with freedom of uh, religion and, and pluralism and all of that. It's very surprising. Judeo Christianity. That's right. Sometimes you... <laughs> no, it's just it's just the ones that are here that are very, uh, I guess, liberal, so to speak, in terms of uh, accepting liberal liberalism, but. Um, most 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 Christians don't know what Talmudic Judaism actually teaches, especially about our Lord, and um, what what the real game plan is in terms of their their political ideology. Because I mean, I mean, religion. I mean, there's there are politics that flow from religion, and I, I, a lot of the Protestants just think that the Constitution is precisely what Christianity is supposed to be. But they don't. It doesn't click in their minds that Muslims and Jews. They have their own political uh, ideology that comes from their religions and how that might conflict with, with other ideologies as well. And they just think it's all fun and games, that we can just all work together and be happy, this human fraternity, uh, mm -hmm. Abu Dhabi, Pope Francis, all that kind hey. of stuff, that we can just be friends. It's, it's, it's all fun and games until the second person of the Most Blessed Trinity gets crucified, I guess. That Catholic faith and Jewish power are like the two pans of a pair of scales. As Catholic faith goes up, Jewish power goes down. As Catholic faith goes down, Jewish power goes up. Because the Jews have always been, from the time that they crucified our Lord Jesus Christ, they have always been enemies of, of the Catholic Church. <laughs> you know, I was wondering tonight, there's, there's a very special person that I would love to have invited on the rundown, and I just can't even imagine why he wouldn't accept an invitation to join us. It just boggles my mind why anyone would be embarrassed to join uh, this illustrious program. All right, let's, let's go to our talk about the, that priest before you go on within the, the YouTube terms of service, of course. Um, so he, you know, he's in Israel and the Israelis are treating him just like they treat all foreigners badly. And yeah. they're saying, no, you can't do this. You can't do that or whatever, because I mean, has anyone ever watched Israeli TV? I've watched Israeli TV and say, that has more blasphemous things on it than American TV, like intentionally blasphemous things. Not somebody who doesn't believe from a script writer who doesn't care, doesn't believe that puts in various blasphemous words against their Lord that don't even know what they mean, frankly. That's barely even blasphemy. When you get down to it, uh, what you see on, on Jewish TV on, on Israeli TV. No, no, that is blasphemous beyond blasphemous. And I, I have never downloaded a video to put it on here because I dare for the consequences of my soul replaying what they yeah. play on, yeah. on, on TV. Okay, just to put I it have, that way. 
They have filthy minds. They're filthy creatures. It's and I'm not even talking about uh, P-O-R-N. I'm talking about like things that directly mock our Lord and Savior. Yeah. Directly. But there's good, there's uh, a connection between those two things, though. I mean, pornographers and smut peddlers hate yeah. God. They do. And, and But the Israelis hate God. <laughs> they really do. And, yeah. and, and especially, the, I mean, they hate they hate our church. They hate our religion. They hate everything about it. They are not our friends. They look at American evangelicals and they say, oh, well, great. Well, we'll take their money so we can rebuild the temple. That's cool. They're so stupid that they're really going to buy into we actually like them. That's basically their attitude. And if they went over there and they wore some big old you know, cross like you see in some uh, denominations, they would get mocked in exactly the same way. And they'd be like, huh, what, what's going on? I thought they were our friends. Um, and and I know. guarantee you, I guarantee you, if Ron DeSantis showed up there, they wouldn't tell him to take his cross off because he's a useful oh, yeah. William. Yep. He's very useful. And but that's what it comes down to. And really, really, when you get down to it, when you look at the structure of society, just naturally, I would actually expect them to do that. Honestly, if they're going to say we are a Jewish state. I expect them to act in accordance to the Jewish state. And I do actually have a certain measure of respect for the fact, just in a vacuum, that they do that, that they're actually true to their principles. My disgust is with, you know, the whole of American conservatives that think this is such a wonderful place. And yeah, try being a, an Arab Christian for a day uh, whose family has lived there for over a thousand plus years and, and be the guy who's like, well, we're going to build a wall right in front of your shop. And block off all the roads that go to your shop. But wait a minute, the hell am I going to make money? Joe, quiet. Because this whole area has been kind of designated to go to Israelis. And so we're just going to snuff you out economically and make sure you can't, you can't make it work here. That's the life of an Arab Christian. And if you dare speak out against it, next thing you know, IDF will be over there breaking your stuff. And or maybe breaking your kneecaps or whatever else. And such things have happened. And it'll be the same type of thing, um, it, it, you know, that's what a state that is a self-proclaimed Jewish state that is self-proclaimed non, you know, we're against place. That's what it is to be a self-proclaimed Jewish state. There is no in-between. Whatever you think about dialogue, it's the same thing with Muslims. Same idea. Muslims, you might be able to get Muslims to go along with you on certain pro-life issues, on certain other types of issues where, hey, we're going to vote with you on this, the UN. Oh, look, it's a great ecumenical jihad until they're in power and you're the Alu Al-Khattab and now you got to pay a special tax to not get your head cut off on YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't referring to Tradpat. Tradpat would come on. <laughs> he would come on anytime, especially and talk about this particular issue. It sounds yes, like we need a new crusade. We need to liberate the Holy Land from the clutches of uh, certain people. All right. I want to play one video, which is just over two minutes long. It's going to give everybody the opportunity to think of your unpopular opinion, which will be tonight delivered pithy. It will be one sentence, maybe two, but no more. And uh, and the unpops will not take a half an hour. But this video, ladies and gentlemen, it has one F-bomb in it that I couldn't edit out. But I think that it's still going to play the video. I'm giving you fair warning. Don't flame me. Every parent needs to watch this video.
Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. It's me, Ella. Well, a digital version of me. Just a bit older. Amazing what technology can do these days, isn't it? All you need are a couple of pictures, like the ones you share on social media, where they can be taken and used by everybody. I know, for you, these pictures are just memories. But for others, they are data. And for me, maybe the beginning of a horrible future. A future where my identity can be stolen just like that. Where I can go to prison for things that I would never do. Imagine my credit score being destroyed, Dad. Or my voice copied to scam you, Mom. Mom, I'm in trouble. I, I need you to send me money, please. I don't want to become a... a meme. Humiliated by everyone at school. Kill yourself, you fucking loser. And I certainly don't want... this. What you share online is like a digital footprint that will follow me around for the rest of my life. I'm telling you this because I know you love me and would never do anything to harm me. So please, Mom. Please, Dad. Protect my virtual privacy. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. Prepare to be mesmerized. Get on your tinfoil hats. Get out your pies for opinions more unpopular than an alpha male at a gender studies retreat. It's the Rundown Zone Unpopular Opinions Segment. Oh, he's muted. I was muted. He got me. All right, I'm up first. My unpopular opinion is that Gavin Newsom will be the next president of the United States. Oh, gosh, man. Whoa. <laughs> Jeez, that's that's all right. James, I'm going to give you another second, brother. <laughs> Just one my, more second. Yeah, my unpopular opinion, uh, very pithy opinion. Am I back? You're back. Okay. We didn't, we didn't hear it. Okay. My unpopular opinion is that uh, <laughs> needs to be brought back. He's doing it on purpose. I promise he's doing it on purpose. <laughs> Did I get cut off? Yes, we missed it again. <laughs> okay, my unpopular opinion is that is that uh, public humiliation in the in the way of corporal punishment needs to be brought back. Oh, very oh, good. My unpopular opinion is you've got almost a month, a whole month in advance, to ask off of work for Tuesday, August fifteenth, uh, for the assumption of the Most Blessed Virgin Mary. So you don't do not work on a holy day of obligation. 
Dang. Seems like you're talking to me That's on that one. one. That's a good one. It looks like you're looking right at me. I feel judged. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, my unpopular opinion this week. It's two sentences. It might be a little more. Ryan, don't don't flame me. You going to heaven is not an IQ test. Figuring out what's going on in the church and the crisis and who's the real pope is not an IQ test. We can be friends with a lot of different Catholics. I, I wouldn't flame for that. That's my position. Oh my gosh. No, but it took me three sentences. Yeah, we'll let it we'll let it slide this time. Will you? All right. Well, can we do the most important thing? All right. Well, I turn off my camera to maximize my bandwidth. Um, oh dang. I did not bring anything to grift because I decided to do the rundown from home. And so the divine Elon, I have to say that that's got, that's my joke name for Elon Musk, by the way, in case anyone's wondering um, during the time when he took over Twitter and conservatives were calling out to him like a God begging for him to solve all of their, their problems um, and so on and so forth. Um, so that's, that's, that's why I call him that. But uh, yes, yeah, Starlink, it, it, I guess it's better than what I had before. I can actually do this as opposed to not at all. So I can't complain too mightily, but nevertheless. So I have uh, Lives of the Early Martyrs, a really awesome book. I think I grifted it a few months ago. Um, I had it from my book club a few months ago. Great book uh, if you want uh, you know, what happened to the apostles? What happened to, you know, the, the first Christians? Why were the persecutions so brutal? This author is a um, 16th century Spanish Jesuit back when that was a good thing, back when that meant Society of Jesus and not Society of Judas um, was, was, a, was a good thing. And <laughs> the um, and as translated by an English author, and she does a great job of, of just rendering his his Spanish prose just just so well. And basically everything from, you know, the apostles down through Constantine. So if you want that whole period of the early church and in so much of the martyrdoms and great chronology, this is great for homeschool. This is great for devotion. It's great for Lent. It's great for all, all times of the year just to, to, to build your devotion. It's really good that way. Um, and then the other book, I, was, oh, I don't have it. It figures. All right. You know what? Yeah, I'm just going to do this. All right. I'm going to do this because I, I didn't have all this prepared. Um, oh, that's the book club. I'm sorry. Mystical Theology Volume 2 is available. I have not built the link yet, but if you bought Volume 1, uh, it is available, and um, it, it just uh, give me like a day to produce the link. So a paperback and hardcover, I got it at the office right now. Um, it is in stock. Um, really great. I'm just going to randomly go through this, and I'm just going to pick a book to, to grift just because I feel like it. Um, you know what? What do I got? All right, I got a lot of copies of this. Well, I ordered ahead because I saw a UPS strike was incoming. So here we go. The Mystical Flora of St. Francis de Sales, Saint Francois de Sales, fantastic book. Under the headings of plants, it's an anthology drawn from uh, you know all of his works. It's really good that way. Um, it's just a really great devotional, not very long. Um, 
you know, paperback's cheap, hardcover. I'm kind of stuck with the, the base price that I got to deal with and then the wholesale price. And so I've got to adjust accordingly. You know, if I was getting like a dollar, two dollars a book, the hardcover would be like 19 bucks and the paperback would be like nine. But unfortunately, I've got to deal with my base cost. So um, I have American companies producing this and not China. So there you go. Um, but anyway, fantastic book. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, you can't go wrong with St. Francis de Sales. So those are the three books I, I've got to grift uh, today. That's it? That's it. Alex. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is a great book. I'm going to give this video a quick pause just in case I <laughs> lose connection. <laughs> so, okay, I guess this is for it stabilized enough. Uh, this book is we've been talking about it the last, I guess, month. Uh, I spent several weeks, weeks talking about a book to help uh, fathers with, uh, you know, entering into certain discussions with their kids. Uh, this is yet another one put out by Angelus Press. This is a book for mothers to uh, broach certain subjects and to move discussions. You know, your daughter's going into a uh, certain age group. Uh, this is a book that's made for mothers to read to their children. And of course you pace the book with, uh, you know, uh, certain uh, points in it to, to encourage uh, discussion. And, uh, you know, it's, um, I think it's about, uh, it's broken up from, I believe, 10, 10 to 12 and from 12 to 14 and then from 14 to 16. So you have uh, this very important work here. It's uh, quite small. It's, it's maybe uh, 40, 45 pages here. So uh, some mothers were asking me what to do for the daughters. And I'm sorry, I didn't bring this up earlier. Uh, this is something for you mothers to read to your daughters. And you can pick this up at Angelus Press. It's a very good book and I highly recommend it. It's called Mother's Little Helpers. I don't really have much to grift, so to speak, that I don't have books to tell you like Ryan or anything else. But um, I will tell you that I updated my our website address, www.westonmonks.org. And I have been uploading my sermons up on YouTube, primarily for those that attend our chapel um, so that they can listen to the sermon throughout the week or whatever and catch something that maybe they missed on Sundays. Um, so those are all online on our YouTube channel, Oblates of St. Augustine, uh, for you guys to listen to as well. I mean, I just kind of put them up there. And um, yeah, continue to grift for, for your prayers for the growth of our monastery and for our apostolate, which I'm continue, continuing to... Uh, try to come up with ideas and which platform to use and, and how to best go about uh, even giving to the rest of you guys uh, the fruits of Augustine information and spirituality and whatnot. So that's uh, been somewhat of a work of progress that I've, that I've begun in my mind and, and sort of also in concretely uh, try to put out for, for the rest of you guys so that you guys also uh, get to experience what, what get to hear, get to learn what is, uh, what is an Augustine and what is Augustine and spirituality consist of. So uh, uh, keep an eye out for that.
something ladies and gentlemen good uh good evening uh on this special thursday night i'm gonna grift something you can go to my website restoringthefaith.com you can also get to my website now by going to forwardboldly.com either way you get to a screen that looks like this and what i want to show you is this very important discussion that happened with kieran tapsell last week it's the truth about pedophiles and the church and this is a very important discussion because we are opening a can of worms. It's happening on Restoring the Faith Media's YouTube channel, RTF, and also on Crusade channel, where we can have an open and honest discussion about the systemic failures of the Catholic Church to protect children. And those failures aren't just because there's a bunch of faggots in the church, no. And it has nothing to do uh, with what liberals say is the root cause of touching children in the church and abusing their bodies which is priestly celibacy. No. Uh, the real systemic cause is a failure of canon law. And the canon lawyers are panicking right now. Mark Balistrieri, uh, church militants, covert, underground, uh, doesn't really want to be associated with them in the public. Mark Balistrieri, I have it in writing, good sir. You're next. The smoking gun is on you. You knew about this for years you suppressed it at Church Militant. You refused to report it the truth because you make too much damn money on kids being touched, you and your friend Michael Voris. So we're coming for you. But this is the first in a long series, which is going to be a campaign to expose the truth about why Church Militant has a pedo problem and why they don't want you to know about it. Check out the interview with Kieran Tapsell. This is just the primer of the beginning of a very long and bloody fight. So get ready for it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, man, what is that? It was a cat. You actually like cats? You know how I feel about them. I do. They're uh, well. We're outside, and they are outdoors now that they've grown up a bit. Um, what are you? A month or two? I forget. This is Figaro. So he is. Uh, yeah, he's, he's about a month or two old, and he's about ready to be a champion mouser. The only logical res response to a cat is the same response when you see a groomer. Yeah, but I don't want mouse mice in my house, so therefore... It's cats. true. All right, that's fine. That's fine. That's something a cat lover would say. <laughs> I know. Jeez. So well, let's leave it up to the to the live audience. Do you want the standard buy a shotgun intro or do you want something that's beautiful? Not the flat earth one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the panel is split, but tonight I am the fascist overlord. <laughs> I say that the world is round and someone else says it's flat. Let me just underscore, you don't need to be a scientist to know that the earth is round.
Another breaking news, the world is round, not flat. I have two shotguns on my home. They're locked in a safe. There's a metal gun case. We live in an area that's wooded, somewhat secluded. And I've said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony and fire two blasts outside the house. Buy shotgun. Buy shotgun. You don't need machine gun. You don't need 30 rounds. Buy a shotgun. Buy a double barrel shotgun. No, you don't need a flamethrower. And you don't need a tank. And you, you don't, don't need an AR-15. Scare those thugs away. No, and I don't need a grenade launcher. I don't need an F-15. There's just one thing I need to do. And I'll stay away from me. Fire two blasts outside the house. Buy a shotgun, buy a shotgun, buy a shotgun, baby. You don't need machine guns, you don't need 30 rounds. Buy a shotgun, buy a double shotgun. Fire two blasts outside the house. Buy a shotgun, buy a shotgun. You don't need machine gun, you don't need 30 rounds. Buy a shotgun. Buy a double barrel shotgun. 